Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's a mean world out there. And it's a mean rage. Let's change the culture. Let's change the way we think about this world. Let's have a hell of a time doing it. Welcome to Mean Age Daydream, a home for comedy, a home for some politics, and a daydream of a world that doesn't suck. I'm Brian McWilliams. Welcome to this man world. Welcome, funks. Welcome, chunks. Welcome, funka chunks and chunkalunks to a special little bonus edition of Mean Age Daydream. I uh, want to do a little special Friday edition here because I saw that Scott Adams, who of course is the creator of Dilbert, who had uh, you know had notoriety before the Trump era, but really shot to the forefront of, <laughs> I guess comic drawing personalities that were now involved with politics because he was an avid Trump supporter. Uh, he argued for the two movie theory insofar as how people regard media they're taking in, how they view the world, especially how they view Donald Trump, because his theory was that people are looking at the objective reality through lenses that are so colored and so uh, have been so aggravated by Trump that it's like they've got sand in the lens, you know, to the point where they literally cannot comprehend reality uh, in a uh, an unbiased fashion and are watching through one lens a reality in which Donald Trump is a complete evil. Everything he does is spun a very specific and certain way, which, of course, we saw play out <laughs> empirically with the media coverage that uh, that Donald Trump received. But and again, not to defend Donald Trump. I don't think Donald Trump was a great president. I think he did a lot of heinous things. But at the same time, the treatment he received was ridiculous. The reactions from people on the left were ridiculous. And uh, to a certain extent, so was the adoration from the right. But to Scott Adams' point, there were two different realities playing out and a little in the way of objectivity. So he for he got vaulted to the forefront of many people's hate lists on the left-hand side of the sphere. Of course, many people in the political comic realm or in the comedic realm as far as just general humor, and especially when it comes to drawing comics. And I, it's funny, I'm saying this as I cut my hand and have a, a drawing of Daffy Duck on a Band-Aid because I grabbed the wrong Band-Aid <laughs> from the cabinet and put on one of my kids' Band-Aids. But many people that are in that comic drawing world and, of course, the newspaper world at large are exceptionally left-leaning. They will say that they are unbiased, especially those in the news media, uh, even though a recent poll did reveal that some 60 to 65 percent of journalists thought that news should not. These are journalists should not be reported in a straightforward, unbiased manner, because obviously the world is too important to simply give people news. They have to put their spit on it. But Scott Adams became a very high priority on the hit list because of his outward uh, support of Donald Trump, his outward support of some conservative values, and his now extension of that into Dilbert. 
Dilbert, of course, one of the most popular comics of all time. It's up there as far as being an iconic status with Garfield up there with uh, The Far Side, even though The Far Side's my absolute favorite, but is up there and longer running up there with Calvin and Hobbes. You know, it's up there with all of these different forms of, uh, of comic art, your Sunday funnies paper art that have been around for so long that they are ubiquitous throughout the common culture. They have become part of a everyday lexicon. You cannot say the word Dilbert without somebody immediately thinking of the character and knowing exactly what you're saying. And he was feeded for a very long time by the left as somebody that would skewer corporate culture. Look how idiotic these corporations are. Look how evil and stupid capitalism is in these big corporations. They would laugh and send each other uh, and, and rib each other in their technology bubbles as they try to pretend that the New Yorker comics were funny at all. But Dilbert actually was funny. I would say very funny. Dilbert even had a cartoon show. It was so entertaining to many people. And to Scott Adams' credit, Dude's been doing it for something like, it's got to be 25 years. I mean, shit, I'm uh, I'm a little over 40. And I think Dilbert was in the comic, you know, pages in high school. When I was going through high school, I graduated high school in 2002. Or, I'm sorry, I graduated college in 2002. I graduated high school in 1998. And Dilbert was definitely in the paper. I mean, I remember when my dad would be going through the paper, I'd pull out the comics and look at the comics. <laughs> Sophisticated intellect that I am. Uh, Dilbert was in there and he stuck with it, man. Dude is stuck with it, even as we see a changing shift in how corporate America looks at the way in which they communicate internally and externally. And he now has gotten canceled, right? And Dilbert's gotten canceled in a few different publications just over the past pandemic. You know, people that were really left-leaning honks that didn't really give a shit about who actually likes the content of the newspapers. They had already canceled Dilbert, but it's still running in some conservative outlets and, and you know, a lot of the Midwest papers. But a new group called, let me see, Lee, Lee Enterprises, uh, they own something like 77 uh, to 80 papers, you know, quite a large amount of papers. And they had contracted with Scott Adams and Dilbert and been running it, no, no problem, until a recent comic came out that he wrote. And that comic is, let me share my screen here. Let me see, can I make this full screen? That's good enough. If you're watching along on YouTube, by the way, if you guys are listening to this and not watching, please do go and subscribe to the brand new Mean Age Daydream YouTube page. Now, the reason that this is important to subscribe to is because the Lions of Liberty Network YouTube page, which has you know 6,500 people that are subscribed to it, you would think we would have a lot of traction on that page, but we are so shadow banned. We always have a strike against us because YouTube, anytime we clear a strike, goes through and finds some old fucking thing that was said years ago that, again, should not be controversial in any way, but because of the censorship, because of big tech, because of the White House guidelines on what is and is not acceptable narration to share with public people and share your opinion on, we continuously get dinged. And we, because of that, are shadow banned to a exceptional degree. Uh, again, 6,500 subscribers. You would think our videos would be getting at least 1,000, 2,000 views per pop. No, no, they get like 80 because we are so suppressed within that, that YouTube page. We also can't do live streams that are, you know, the, the uh, I don't know, they've got a name for it. It's like the, the super streams. We can't do any of that shit. We can't monetize anything on it. It's a problem. So please do go and like the Mean Age Daydream solo YouTube feed. I'll link to it uh, on the uh, the YouTube page here on the Lions of Liberty Network, and I will link to it in the show notes for the podcast. Please subscribe there. We're going to try to grow that out, or hopefully we will not get 
dinged at least for a while and be able to share content that is not getting absolutely throttled by YouTube's people. Now then, here's the comp, right? Let me read this. Three panels as Dilbert's many, uh, many time are. And this was released on Tuesday, September 20th. So brand spanking new. Dave, first panel is a white guy, egg-headed dude working in the corporate environment, talking to a black dude named Dave. Dave, I need to boost our company's ESG rating, so I'm promoting you to be our CTO. I know that you identify as white, so that won't help our ESG scores. But it, but would it be too much trouble to identify as gay? And uh, Dave responds, depends on how hard you want me to sell it. And the egghead responds, just wear better shirts. Now, it's funny. Just wear better shirts, great. It's the joke, of course, the stereotype that gay people dress better than non, non-gay people. Uh, apparently, this is a hate-filled trope. <laughs> It seems complimentary to me, but apparently that's a hate-filled trope, and I'll get into that as uh, as reported by Towel Road, you know, left-wing Towel Road uh, publication, which accuses of accuses uh, Scott Adams of using uh, racial and uh, sexual stereotypes from uh, here through eternity. But of course, it also talks about in this comic, you know, the funny joke from Dave. Look, you want to identify as gay? Well, I guess I can. Depends on how hard you want me to sell it. Obviously, selling it too hard would mean he has to take some dicks in the butt or give some dicks into butts. So clearly he has concerns about that, but he's open to the conversation. It's a good corporate peon. The reason that this is funny, though, is because it's showcasing just how ridiculous ESG scores have been. And if you know anything about ESG, you know that this emphasis on sustainability, on justice, on uh, equality and equity throughout the corporate sphere is being shoved down people's throats because it is in, in a large way dictating what can be invested in, what can't be. You have government corporations that are pushing for only companies that have ESG scores to be invested in for all the corporate pensions. Uh, It it plays that for vendors for government contracts. That is a massive amount of money. Yeah, should it be that much money? Fuck no, it shouldn't be. The government shouldn't have that much power. They shouldn't be giving out that many contracts. They shouldn't have that many vendors. And they shouldn't have that many people's pensions that we are all on the hook for. But that's the promise government makes to get the, uh, get the automatons into the machine that it can churn through. So Scott Adams is making fun of this. He's responding to the fact that there is so much woke in corporate. Obviously, these corporations only target that woke towards U.S. audiences, maybe in the U.K. and Europe. It doesn't happen in China. It doesn't happen for their Africa-facing operations. But here, they have tied themselves to woke. You can see it through advertising. You can see it through hiring practices. Everybody's got a diversity inclusion person. Everybody's got somebody that's focused on equity now working within the systems in all the hiring practices and all the ways in which departments are organized. I would argue for the worse because you're trying to artificially organize things by check mark boxes rather than saying, okay, who are the best people for the job? And if the best people for the job aren't getting there and that happens to be linked to a certain race, then maybe you can go deeper into finding what the problem is. But to just force in hires based upon checking boxes doesn't make a lot of sense. But that's what's happening because these companies want to chase the revenue. They want to chase the contracts. They want to chase the investments. And it's all tied into government. Again, government is forcing this through and causing all these changes. People are chasing the dollars. So is it out of bounds for Scott Adams to write a comic talking about ESG, showcasing the ridiculous? Again, (laughs) how are you supposed to make fun of a corporate environment which is rife with 
ESG, which is right with uh, a corporate justice initiatives and diversity and inclusion initiatives. How can you make fun of it if you don't take it down this route? Uh, what else do you say about it? It's so absurd and so artificial and so ridiculous on its face that the only thing you can do is just report it straight on and hope that people get the joke that it's satirical without being satirical. <laughs> If you're going to comment on it, you have to showcase that, yes, these corporations are looking for people to fill the quotas. And it is funny. We're talking about identity politics. We're talking about people identifying and be able to change their genders and now their race because this guy's identifying as white. We've seen Rachel Dolezal, a white woman who identified and pretended to be black for a long time working with, I think it was like the NAACP. So this is not out of bounds. When you have a reality that quite literally is encompassing everything in this comic book, for some newspaper to cancel in 77 papers, cancel a comic because this was a bridge too far is fucking absurd. I mean, it's it showcases, as I was discussing earlier, it showcases just how depraved journalistic integrity has gotten. And it's ridiculous that I even have to argue that journalistic integrity is in the same sentence as a comic at the end of a newspaper. But that's what we've gotten. That's the depths of society that we've hit, where newspapers have to censor a Dilbert comic designed to give a chuckle because it has violated a norm that these people all view as sacrosanct, but this comic has needled them in a very slight way. It's not like this is groundbreaking. It's not like this is flipping over the apple cart and everybody's going to suddenly realize and put their coffee down and go stand out in the street and yell, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's not going to fucking happen from this comic book, is it? No. But it's so broken a taboo that these leftist controlling media, controlling newspapers hold so dear and cannot allow anybody to attack that they have to remove it from circulation. And by virtue of that, and I've talked about this on the main show, I've talked about this, how these people, by objecting to jokes, the Tim Allen joke about Joe Biden not knowing how long 60 minutes was, the DeSantis you uh, was a top gun video, this doofusy little, you know, rip off a of top gun video that was so stupid and so cliche that they made into the biggest video ever. They probably spent 10,000 on it and it got 100 million views because the Democrats lost their fucking minds over it. Same thing with the Tim Allen joke. They lost their minds over the joke, amplifying it to the point where it has now become prolific. Good job, Democrats. By getting Dilbert pulled out of this paper, you've made sure that everybody sees this comic, notices how stupid it is that they pulled it because of it, and now is thinking about the absurdity of ESG in the workplace. If you're going to try to push this through to chase these contracts, if you're going to go down this, this leftist narrative of woke nonsense, maybe more subtle about it. I mean, you worked in the whole the whole thing with uh, what's it called critical race theory into schools under the under the guise of night maybe you need to be more subtle with this too what do you think and also maybe you guys need to join our patreon i think you do patreon.com forward slash lions of liberty or lions of liberty.locals make sure you get in there you can get our bonus content we did our degenerate gambler show a lot of fun. Told some stories. We all rehashed. Uh, Rico was actually at the Cleveland Browns game that uh, the Jets came back and you know scored like three touchdowns to win. Hilarious. Uh, but, you know, we give our, our takes on what's happened to us over the week. We did some gambling advice. We have a league we play in. Funny stories, good times. We also recorded the very first 
Secrets, lies, and oh, sorry, yeah, secrets, lies, and cover-ups. That is our show about conspiracy theories, mysteries, government uh, obfuscation of the facts, and of course, the ways in which the world leaders are operating in the dark. So check that out. That just published as well. A lot of content guaranteed. You will never get as much content from any platform as much as you would get it from our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or Lions of Liberty so let's hear what the, uh, you know, again, Scott Adams tweets about this, that he's dropped by 770 papers. Now it got reported, obviously, in a ton of outlets, many of which would uh, would happily dance on his grave. Some of which, like Fox News, belay, uh, or bemoaned the fact that this was quite literally ridiculous as I was speaking about. But Scott Adams shared this Towel Road article uh, with this headline. Dilbert dropped by 77 papers. Straight white creator, because you got to make sure, again, you know these people are selling you a false bill of goods and, a, and just a boatload of horse shit when they have to put the race and the sexual identity of the person that's writing the comic book in the headline, right? Because they want you to, to be distracted from the actual content of the story, and they only want you to read the headline and go, well, I don't need to read this story. I don't need, I don't need to read this person's opinion. Clearly, he's in the wrong. He's straight, but he's white. <laughs> so it says Dilbert dropped by 77 papers straight white creator blames woke mob, not his story arc making fun of sexual and racial identities. Now I can tell you for a fact, having read, I used to read Dilbert fairly consistently. I can't really think of many times ever that I, that I recall Dilbert really going and making fun of sexual or racial identities. This comic obviously did this. It's tied into ESG, which is all about sexual and racial identities. Um, but uh, for the life of me, I can't think of one other time. I'm sure they're out there. You know, I'm sure, again, because Scott Adams does bring woke in the workplace into his comic book, which is about the workplace, I'm sure there is something about there. Maybe he did something about transgender bathrooms back in the day. Maybe he did something about hiring practices back in the day. I just don't know. But to say that it is a arc that he has to blame, he only has himself to blame before this arc, which makes it sound like he's writing a new version of All in the Fucking Family, uh, is just a complete lie. So according to Adams, they quote him in this, which is what's funny about the headline, right? Okay, they're saying Lee, uh, the Lee Media Company has almost nearly 100 papers throughout the United States. Anyway, Scott Adams says, it was part of a larger overhaul, I believe, of comics, but why they decided what was in and what was out, that's not known to anybody except them, I guess. New to, uh, according to Adams, goes on to say, oh, I got to scroll down, sorry. All of the wokeness and anything that permeated from ESG... Uh, that stuff made its way into the business world, and then it became proper content for Dilbert, he told Fox News. The problem is that people see that even though it's a workplace-related joke, it's more about how they implement it. He told the outlet some newspapers noted concerns after receiving complaints. However, he was unsure if that played into newspapers dropping the strip. Now, these people, again, reported this. You hear his quote, right? Perfectly rational observation. But you hear his quote, and then you have to go, okay, so they gave they gave this headline that his story arc is about racial and sexual uh, stereotypes and whatever else. And then they give absolutely no background on it. They give no examples. All of the strips are also available online, by the way. They link to no comic strips that have any other sexual identity or race-related commentary or jokes. They have his quote talking about why he included it and yet still have the headline. 
77 papers drop straight white creator because he says woke, but really because of a story arc of (laughs) race and sex jokes. It's just patently biased. It's patently false. It's complete bullshit. And I hope that this is once again, as I have said, I hope that this is cancel culture accelerating to the point where it really starts to piss people off. I don't know how much people will care about not having Dilbert in their paper. I don't know if people are going to cancel their new, their newspaper because Dilbert's not in there. But frankly, I don't know who else is actually getting a newspaper delivered anymore, except the elderly who probably are. Ah! <laughs> Forgot to set an alarm. Who are the most likely to complain about this and, and who may be the most likely to cancel subscription because a comic that they loved isn't in the back. Who's to say? But I, I certainly do hope that this showcases the absurdity of the moment we're living in, the censorship, the attacks on free speech, and the outright leftist bias that is so prevalent and so poisonous in mainstream media reporting. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this Mean Age Daydream solo feed extra have a great weekend. Uh, again, subscribe to the YouTube page, please. Please subscribe to this. Subscribe to the Lions of Liberty Network feed as well. I am posting a, uh, a brand new gutsy hate watch recap. That's going to be our Friday show uh, for now on the Lions of Liberty Network feed. So you can get that, that little extra show. And uh, John Odom and I are going to be doing an extra show as well on Fridays. A short form... I'll leave it. I don't want to, I don't want to give it away quite yet, but a short form, funny, fun little show to welcome you into the bosom of Friday. All right. That's it. I'll talk to you guys on the flip side. Have a good one. <laughs>